Welcome to another episode of Dying for Midnight, DFM. Be mindful of your surroundings while tuning in. There might be a fellow listener, and they're a lot closer than you think. holidays dear listener we are getting oh so close to christmas on this third friday in december friday december 15th 2023 this week in episode 44 carrie jake and i are talking about a small holiday horror film from the early 2000s that proves you don't have to have a crazed killer in a santa costume to make a great holiday horror movie right carrie that's right uh, we love christmas evil we love don't open till christmas we love art the clown coming in a Santa costume to a horror theater near, not a horror theater. I wish there was more horror theaters. <laughs> Look at this finely decorated horror theater, <laughs> strictly for horror fans. Yeah. Listen, you guys know what I'm talking about. Filmed in California. This week's movie is a French made film with English speaking actors featured at the Cannes. Cons. We're still debating this since our last horror film with Joe Spinell episode. Uh, <laughs> the fact that we're still saying it incorrectly, um, it only speaks volumes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this movie this week that we're talking about is light on gore with most of the bloodshed being off screen. We're talking 2003's dead end or what we like to call here at DFM, the French get their twilight zone episode written, directed by Jean Baptiste Andrea and Fabrice Kenepa, and I'm sure I butchered their names too, right along with Khans. Both of their work in movies was short. And the other notable movie, uh, well, maybe the only notable movie that I could bring up by Jean-Baptiste was the rom-com French horror comedy Hellphone, which I have not seen that. I don't think either one of us has seen that no. one. So, guys, it's time for Movie Morsels. Let's roll the trailer for this little Dee Dee. <laughs> I had D. Wallace on the brain. Little Diddy featuring Lin Shay and Ray Weiss. Carrie, I think that other than having some presents in the back, this might be the holiday horror film with the fewest actual holiday elements to it. Yeah, the the, the presence just is the only signal and they keep singing. They sing a Christmas song. Oh, that's true. So, yeah. I mean, except... You know, there's this one big holiday element that might be one of the most important holiday elements or themes i maybe the biggest one of them all family whether you're home for the holidays or on the road like our characters here in dead end family is something that we personally cherish uh and contend with <laughs> sometimes a lot of the time especially during the holiday season it seems and dear listener you might feel that same way too uh right now i'm contending with the fact that i'm hitting the present wrapping wall Carrie, I'm really tempted to start combining gifts and wrapping like two or three things together or throw gifts into a gift bag. Carrie, I, I need some encouragement for all this gift wrapping. I'm starting to hit a wall. I'm right there with you. Throw it in a bag. 
Anyways, bah humbug to Carrie and I. Uh, family in the holidays is it's what you make of it. that we are the only car on the road right now? It's 7.30 already, darling. Yes, I'm aware of that, Laura. I thought we'd come to a junction by now. Stop! I saw a woman in the forest. Cool, Dad's tripping out. Oh, my God! What the hell was that? <laughs> in the woods don't come over here for god's sake i'm pregnant i smoke pot talk about a merry fucking christmas what if she gets it first the lady in white don't worry she's dead Laura! Laura, just kidding! I'm gonna go now. Okay, now, Carrie, what are your thoughts about this dead-end trailer? Because, um... When we pulled this up to, to look at this, when we watched this movie, uh, what's in this trailer, um, let me say this, the movie, there are two separate things. You would think this was a completely different movie just by the trailer. A- anyways, what do you think? Yeah, uh, they show quite a lot. Oh no, oh shit, the stewardess voice is coming out again. <laughs> they show quite a lot. Lynn Shay and Ray Weiss to your left and right inside this vehicle. Stop. You stop it. No, they 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 showed a lot. I'm surprised that they showed that much. Yeah. I mean, Lin Shay, you know, is the focal point. I feel like every time I see Lin Shay in a movie, I need to pull out a cigarette right yeah. along with her. With a glass she doesn't, of wine. She doesn't smoke. I know which movie you're referring to, but it seems like <laughs> half of her characters are smoking a cigarette. Yeah. Lin Shay. Lin Shay are you somebody that wants to smoke a cigarette together or maybe a cigar even um anyways i keep interrupting you you do uh i i just you know this movie is definitely a slow burn and the trailer does not reflect that lynn shay cigarettes <laughs> and wine and wine <laughs> i i listen i love the overhead shot uh, in this trailer that to start off through the endless forest, the trailer itself is quite, as I started saying, when I was interrupting you quite the fast paced mashup, my only quip with, with it is that like you said, it, it reveals too much. There is a slight gloom to the movie that this trailer is not letting on to at all. Yeah. So Right away, guys, uh, we're going to talk poster and tagline. And look, there's one tagline. 
and there's not a whole lot to read into it. Um, it's read the signs. And I talked about this movie on the Joe Bob Facebook group or somebody else posted about it. And I had said, uh, my only thing is they give away the ending. And they said, oh, well, the I can't remember the person's name said, oh, well, their intent wasn't to make wasn't to hide uh, what actually is going on with these characters. I know we haven't gotten to your little spoilers incline ride yet, Carrie. But listen, uh why would they have read the signs if they weren't trying to have a build up to a reveal in this movie? Right. So anyways, I'm trying to tiptoe carefully yeah. for those of you who have not had the pleasure of enjoying this early 2000 Christmas movie, but it was enjoyable. I I don't know if they would make the same decisions if it was made in 2023 versus 2003. Like I think it would be more fast-paced. I think it would either be more fast-paced. Well, no, not necessarily. You could have Dead End as an A24 elevated movie. It could be a slow burn. And that's all I'm going to say in terms of buildup and things that happen to our characters along the way. But um, there's three posters here, Carrie. Okay, we've got the American one. And you're going to find this one with the hearse. The person's trying to... Their breath is on the back window of the hearse. You could tell they're trying to, like, let me out, just as what happens throughout the movie. Yeah. Um, that's the Americanized version. Uh, we've got the French version that really focuses in on the fact that they're on this lonely road in the endless forest um, <laughs> with that carriage the there. You have the face. Yeah. What's so funny about this blue French version it almost looks like AI got a hold of this because remember how AI screws up people's fingers? Oh, yeah. Why is that person's fingers so oddly spread apart in this French dead end poster? They look like I have alien fingers, doesn't it? Look how weird it is. Jazz you tried, hands. You tried. These are not dead end jazz hands. <laughs> okay. All right. This is not Alexandra Holden or Amber Smith or whoever the hell's on this poster. That's not. These look like alien or AI generated hands on this French poster. Then there's the Cannes Film Festival poster. Uh, this one's got like more of a classic horror look with the red and the black. And and uh, I didn't realize this world premiere, Singapore. Okay, October twenty second, two thousand and three. So I, I'm gonna I'm going to stick with, and I've got a reason for this. I'm gonna stick with the American poster. That's on the physical media where it says read the signs. I'm going to stick with that one as my favorite. Um, I just think it's straightforward. I think the tagline works. It's simple. What are your thoughts about all these posters? So (laughs) you're going with the French one, aren't you? I I knew it just because you like all things French. Not all things, but um, I, I love that it has the face in the background and it's not the forefront. With the AI fingers. <laughs> yeah, even the I can overlook that. It has the car and it has the baby carriage and it's dark. Because a lot of this happens during night. So I'm digging that poster. Yeah, I like the fact that we've got the forest as the focal point in that one. I, I mean, it's cool that there's three posters at least to this thing. Um, for a, a small budgeted movie. Now let's move on. Let's get a little creative as we like to do. Um, well, creative is a subjective <laughs> word in this horror pod. Okay, so what about your alternate tagline for Dead End? Okay. 
If you're traveling for the holidays, be careful of anything that goes bump in the night. I thought when you started brainstorming your tagline earlier this week, she was sitting there in her chair with her her normie work laptop, as I was too. And I thought you were going to go with be careful of anything that you run over in the night or be careful of that thing that bumped into your bumper in the middle of the night i thought you were going like as if you ran somebody over because that will make a bump in the night sound yeah and i know okay listen i'm stretching to make that work okay yeah for once you have the longer tagline (laughs) and i have a shorter tagline are you starting to do a role reversal with the alternate taglines so mine is simple all roads point to deadly family dysfunction and i find it hilarious because the daughter is a psychologist i completely forgot about that yeah where to stream dead end oh there's a lot of articles out about streaming versus physical media right now and i think this episode is is um another way to remind everybody and ourselves just as equally as the importance of buying physical media um where to stream it's on all the usual suspects (laughs) uh (laughs) it's telling me it's included with prime Okay, uh, but listen, we all know we're all digging Tubi right now. We love Tubi. We love the selection on Tubi. It's on your Plex and Freebie if you want to flex both of those. Um, if you want to go to the CW, which Carrie just might, just so she can see ads for Charmed and Buffy the yep. Vampire Slayer. <laughs> you what, wait a second. It. What were we watching the, where they had the ad Oh, no, no, no. We were watching Watching, Leave the World Behind. Yes. We were watching Leave Leave the the World world Behind. behind. And without spoiling anything, one of her characters comes upon a movie collection, and she specifically wants to watch 90s things. Yeah, and we won't give away what she's really into. You might have already heard by now. This is like all the rage right now on Netflix. Uh, And... um, she stumbles upon this collection and she's looking for one thing. And I just got done telling Carrie, like, Carrie will turn on uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Not the not the movie, but the show with, with Sarah Michelle Gellar. And I usually start zoning out. Now, we started watching True Blood. Yeah. And I don't zone out with True Blood. I genuinely enjoy it. But anyways, I'm like, oh, God, can we watch something else other than... You know, we, we even pulled up the old, uh, Indian, well, not the old, the new Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, which was a lot better than I thought it would be. Yeah. And, well, I digress. Well, anyways, guys. Yeah. Um, oh, no. Oh, shit. I am. You are off track. Off track. Way. Listen. Oh, okay. The male wolf is growling at me, too. Sorry. Okay, so the male wolf's here. We're going to talk the male wolf's physical media uh, purchasing guide. Uh, okay, wh- what's so special about this ma- movie, male wolf? What do you mean? Okay, so the male wolf tells me this movie has made a mint on physical media. What? Okay, the male wolf says this thing in the past 20 years, Dead End has made $80 million in DVD sales. That's what? pretty damn impressive. That is. Okay, whoa. Oh, now the stewardess is getting She's loud. excited. I was not expecting that at all, Male Wolf. Okay. Um, but you know what? It really is the type of movie. I mean, you can make the argument for all movies um, to own um, 
But listen, if if you know you can own this, and then someone is you know looking in your collection and per- perusing for something new, um, stumbles on this and asks, "What what is this?" Well, let me tell you about Dead End and its wonderful cast. This is a Cannes film, you know. You could tell them that. You can look really awesome and say, "Oh, you haven't seen all of the holiday horror if you haven't seen Dead End." Okay, it's a Cannes film, all right. So. Okay, well, listen, I'm being told I'm taking too much of uh, the, the male wolf's time. So uh, he's saying 10 to $12 on Walmart or Amazon. And if you want to cough up an additional 10 bucks, the male wolf says there's a promo-only version on sale out there for $20 or so. Like the ones they used to pass out for people to review. Ooh. Okay, so that's male wolf's got some insider information here on Dead End. Okay, I'm I'm impressed, Mailwolf. Uh, there's no Blu-ray available. This is the type of movie that is ripe for a special collector's edition release. Okay, and I I'm afraid when I see that this movie doesn't have a Blu-ray, yeah. this is like one of those that's in trouble. Like when the Mailwolf looked, he's got notes here. There wasn't that many copies out there for sale. So is, is this in trouble of vanishing off the shelves? I wonder if it's like a distribution. It's really odd issue. that there's no Blu-ray for this thing yet. I mean, there, uh, according to his little notes here, there's some uh, bootlegs, but not an official one. Severin or Synapse or somebody or Vinegar Syndrome, somebody get on a dead end like collector's edition. This this is ripe for that. Um, but I'm I'm not a lot going on out there. Is there marijuana? Okay, okay. All right, I'll shut up now. Uh, Carrie, uh, is it time for spoilers yet before I keep going on and on about physical media? Get a copy of Dead End People. Welcome to the DFM Spoilers Incline. If you haven't watched this week's film or aren't a spoiler hound, you may want to skip this ride. For everyone else, welcome aboard. Please take a seat. Reminder to passengers, as we descend, we ask that you not feed the ghouls or hounds of hell. Enjoy the nightmarish landscape by moonlight as we descend 6,666 eons of brimstone. You now have arrived at your final destination. Spoilers ahead. You are warned. For more information on what an incline is, Google that shit. Now comes DFM's very own Jake the Midnight Traveler. Case and carry. As if the holidays weren't hard enough, now there's this. Ho, 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 my hounds of horror. Another Yuletide letter from your favorite midnight traveler is here, and why not? Am I not the only midnight traveler in your lives? I hope so. This is a hard gig to get here, and let's face it, I'm not really cut out for much else. The holidays are still marching on, and we have another piece of cinematic pie to tide you over as you tuck warmly into a food coma that also scratches that horror itch. When I heard that you guys were covering this, I was so pleasantly surprised. This is arguably the deepest of the deep cuts here, and I got stories on this for you. So sit back and let me tell you the tale as the miles pass on by as we take a look at Dead End. The 21st century was kind to this horror fan in many ways, 
digital cable with on demand, dug up the corpse of the video store, and brought it right into my living room, and all I had to do was hit play. The only gripe was that there was no more lurid cover art for us to check out while making our selections, so all we had to go on was a very brief description on the screen with no images. All the words provided had to sell it big time, and there were probably a few films that fell through the cracks, but there were a few that rose out of the digital abyss and hit hard. There were a lot of things that I say when it comes to film. But the one thing that I'm the most proudest of is this. When it comes to horror films, you've got to wade through a massive river of shit to find the great ones. But when you do, it's all you can talk about for at least a week. I coined that phrase after seeing this. I can't recall exactly when I saw this, but I think it was sometime between 2003, the year of the film's release, and 2007. The latter year, well, that'll come into effect later. A small cast headed up by genre veterans Ray Wise and Lynn Shay, in her best role ever, in my opinion, are the parents of two young adult children heading to a Christmas dinner when Daddy Frank decides to take a shortcut through the woods to Grandma's house. What happens is a series of seemingly supernatural and deadly events that slowly reveal the horrible choices and consequences our heroes make on that fateful night. Honestly, This film would also work pretty well as a play, given its setting and general structure. Most of it is pretty much just four or five people in a car, and through some really clever writing, we get to see the cracks in the relationships between the family show up in plain sight as various secrets are revealed as they slowly start to lose their grip on sanity. This is one of those can-you-figure-it-out films. And to me, it's really one of the best. I kind of got the reveal, I'd say a little past halfway through, but that didn't affect my affection for this film one iota. It was a joy to watch from beginning to end, and even though it's been a while since I've seen it last, it has stuck with me and is one that I feel that more people need to see. But Jake, what's the significance of 2007? Glad you asked. After a rough 2006, and most of 2007 for that matter, I found myself in my first good job post-college. I was a customer service rep at DVD Empire, which was based in Warrendale, Pennsylvania. Now, most of our money was made with XXX sales, of which I have many amazing stories about. But we also sold a lot of general movies and TV show box sets, too. I handled orders, complaints, and anything else that came through calls, emails, or this new thing we had called chats. Many of the chats were from snot-nosed kids asking questions about our skateboard company, which handled those questions too, but we would also have to field movie questions. 
It was one afternoon when my vast tracts of seemingly useless movie knowledge actually came in handy and impressed my coworkers. Now, I got a chat with a question that read as so. Do you have that horror movie where a bunch of people are driving a car through the woods? For real, that was all I had to go on. The way the program was structured, the entire staff could see all the chats, and they were all stunned that my immediate and quick answer was, dead end? The guy wasn't sure, but my colleague Brandon was impressed at how quickly I got my answer out. I then asked the customer some questions so I can get some more info, but while doing that, I pulled up a new tab and pulled up IMDb and sent him the link. Turns out, I was right. Many high fives were shared on my end. And we set up his order and he sold the copy we had in the warehouse. I hope that whoever bought that enjoys it as much as I did. So, if you want something newer for your holiday horror cheer, then this is probably the best out there. I, for one, think it's the best Christmas-themed horror movie of the 21st century by a mile. So I say, stuff this in your stocking and you'll be sure to have a happy new year to boot. As for me, I think I'll leave you here. I got Natari to deliver to a buddy of mine, and he's in a hurry. See you next midnight, Jake. Uh, I think we're going to be talking with Jake real soon. But anyways... Um, let's move right along to favorite creator cast and character notables. Uh, one thing I wanted to mention that in a 2003 Fantasia Film Festival interview by The Arrow, and no, not Arrow DVD, this was on uh, Collider that I saw this with uh, Ray Weiss. Ray noted that our French creators knew him from his character in Twin Peaks, and because of the dysfunction of the family in that, they called him up for this little film. That makes sense. Um, he knew that these guys were good script doctors. Okay, they they enhanced scripts, and the clever that they delivered to him was or the clever. Oh my god, the it's script clever. they delivered to Ray Weiss was clever. Deliver Ray Weiss some cleverness, would you? And so he was in once he read the script. Ray mentions this being like an extended Twilight Zone episode, which I, that's yeah. funny that he said that because I think everybody that watches this, that's the very first thought. Um, and that appealed to him. And I think that's probably why this movie has a nice background of DVD sales. I actually think this is one that your dad would enjoy. Mm. That's true, especially since, as we started saying, the gore happens off screen. Um, Here's something else. They, they shot Dead End in only about three weeks for only around a little bit over a million dollars. And it was done in guerrilla-like uh, fashion. Ray mentioned that they used this one stretch of highway in a canyon next to a reservoir in the Hollywood Hills. Um, it, he says that this was a road they shot and it goes to kind of a public park. And we see that stretch of road. It's like a mile or so long. They just, night after night, they kept going on that same road to wow. shoot. Okay, so you think this is like they're they're following this car for miles and miles. No, it's like drive, stop, turn around, drive, stop, turn around. <laughs> Mile is not a long, that's not a lot of highway to be shooting. No. Um, it should have been at least 50. There were like, a couple, yeah. And there were, he mentions in this this article that, um, this interview, there, there were some soundstage work done afterwards. 
um, at the end of the shoot. A lot of the car interiors indebted yeah. one on the soundstage. Um, Ray Weiss was thrilled with the post-production that the, the team did. They added a lot of the sound effects he thought worked, and then they kind of wrapped it in a bow with the uh, the sound, the music and the score and everything like that. So Ray Weiss was happy with it, and apparently people are in a physical media when to add Dead End to the Collection are happy with it too because you figure it's been out for 20 years, it's made $80 million. You're averaging $4 million in DVD sales yeah. for a 20-year-old movie. Yeah, okay. I mean, that's... I can't and and it's some people years. are just starting to discover Dead End. I mean, this was new to us this past year whenever yeah. we made this episode guide. Um, guys, that brings us right along to intermission. Uh, we appreciate you, dear listener, DFM fam. Um, we're almost at the, the end of season one. Next week is episode 45, last episode of uh, season one. We're ending it with a newer hammer. Yes, The Lodge. Um, next episode. The season finale here at DFM. We're going to do kind of like a year-end review where we're going to talk about some of our favorite moments during this uh, first season, um, favorite movies from different genres, and a few other different topics just to close out the season. We'll do a little bit more previewing of what's to come in season two. Again, you can find us uh, at DFM Mailwolf 2 ms on Twitter, Insta. Insta has got our season two guide up there. Um, I still have to do more updates to the site. I swear I'm going to get like all of our audiograms and our season guides up there at mm-hmm. some point when I've got free time, maybe over holiday break or I'll do a little bit of that with my morning cup of coffee. All right, guys. Love you. See you for segment two or et cetera. Let's roll those trailers to see who picked what to pair with dead end. Really? You check the other two. Make sure they're wired up good. A lot of good they're doing. disabled out on East 9. Anyone read me? It's gonna be dark in about an hour. There's something going on out here, and I don't like it. Every 23rd spring. What's it doing up there? For 23 days. I had a dream. He was trying to warn all of us. This thing has been around for thousands of years. Nothing has been able to kill it. It gets to eat. There are two classes of people now. What the will be eaten and the won't be eaten. Welcome to day 23. We thought it was trying to come in. But this freaking thing was making sure we couldn't get out. All you kids, get down! It isn't dead. Looks dead to me. Keepers Creepers 2.
back around. Here's Johnny! I'm coming down! Come and play with us. <laughs> Okay, guys, we are back for segment two, horror, etc. cetera. Uh, I have to admit, that was me. I picked the other Ray Weiss movie. I picked Jeepers Creepers 2 because more Ray Weiss and more Road Trip Horror. Why not? And you have seen the first Jeepers Creepers movie. I did. With Justin Long. Yeah. And we actually need to see It's a Wonderful Knife, speaking yes. of horror movies. With yes. Justin Long. I know that Zomb- Zombie Toots had mentioned, he's like, ooh, that looks good. Mm-hmm. We're like, we'll have to watch. He's a big slasher fan. Oh, he loves his slashers, yeah. That's his favorite genre. Ghostly Puppers, she's kind of into the zombie thing. She's kind of like into the undead. Yeah, she she's loves... She's kind of eclectic. He's very much like, give me Michael Myers, give me Jason, give me... Scream. Uh, scream, yeah. Yeah. She's into more of uh, the undead, whether it be vampires or zombies or... Anyways, now that leaves the other one, the classic 1980 Shining. Carrie, you're responsible yes. for picking that one. Yes, I am. Because it's a slow burn movie set in isolation. I mean, you have the psychological effect... There is the chasing aspect between both films, with him chasing, trying to kill his wife and child, and then the daughter thinks she's being chased by being, you know, by the black car in Dead End. Yeah. So, that's why I went with The Shining. Okay. Um, Jake told me that, uh, what was his note to me here? Oh, he said as a double feature... He thinks Dead and Buried might work, which I think you still need to see that one. Uh, he said technically Carnival or Souls is closer, but he thinks that's an overrated mess. I have actually admittedly not watched Carnival of Souls. I've watched Dead and Buried. I've not watched Carnival of Souls yet. Um, yeah. And uh, let's move right along. <laughs> this movie, this was our next segment is what we like to call What the Hell Moment. What the hell? What the hell is that? That Steve Martin sound bit always gets me from SNL. Um, this movie, it's very hard to pick a what the hell moment in it. This is not that type of movie. Um, but I, I mean, we, we're going to pick one. I mean, mine has got to be the brother masturbating to the centerfold. Given the tone of this film, I, I mean, he listen, he acts like a jerk the whole entire film. He's very obnoxious. Uh, but I just wasn't expecting anything sexual in this movie at all. This character, he's got incel or simp written all over him. And I'm going to leave my what the hell moment right there <laughs> with masturbation. <laughs> so anyways. I mean, my moment really, I mean, when Lin Jay's character, she lets go of this big secret that she's held on to telling Ray Weiss character that he's not your biological son. And it's this whole big thing. Hmm. And he's like, what do you mean? He is my son. She's like, no, it's not. And she lets out who the real father is. Yeah. What do you feel? How do you feel about uh, our driver in this movie? That is fairing. Now that we're well past spoilers, fairing all of them, obviously, to the afterlife. 
Well, if you, you know, when you watch the end, I personally think it's her mind trying to come out of the coma. And that his car represents her trying to make it through and come out the other side. You're getting deep there. Here's the thing, though. He's out in the parking lot at the end after she wakes up. Because he came to check on her. And maybe he's continuing to come check on her because he, if you listen... He said, I was the one that found them on the road. Mm-hmm. And he's the one that called the first responders. Yeah. So she may be seeing his car because when she fell out of the car and hit her head, she may have seen that car. Okay, that's a good point. Fair point. I still say he's like the Grim Reaper in the end. So he's going to take that nurse? He very well could. Yeah. Um, so moving right along to favorite death or effect, Carrie, you go first with this one. This is again, light on gore and it happens off screen. Yeah. Um, you don't see it all, but the son's death. I mean, he's burned alive to a crisp. They, again, like Ray Weiss said in that O3 interview, they use the sound effects to their advantage to help you, the audience fill in the blanks. So it's funny how important sound effect is in this movie. Because there's no gore, basically, or very little of it. Um, I think Lin Shay, using her finger and her mouth agape, she's playing with the back of her head, her brains. She's she's a, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> it's yeah. just so zany. That might be a what the hell moment yeah. too. But I, I like yours too. And and then the boyfriend, you don't get to see much of other than so the ear, the ear that they're kind of poking at again with the sound effects. You hear this poking in the ear. Um, the movie's well restrained and the, again, the restraint, the sound effects as Ray Weiss keeps talking about, we do too, works in this movie's favor. What you don't see is more effective than the few things they do show you. They let the actor's expressions sell the death of their effect. Light on gore, dead end is, but heavy on great performances. Question. Mm -hmm. When she gets on that cell phone and she hears somebody on the cell phone, who do you think that is? Saying, I can't feel my legs. Oh my gosh. Uh, I mean, are we, I can't feel my legs? I would say the boyfriend. It's a female. Oh, it is? It's oh, a I'm female misremembering voice. then. Okay. Just to, who is it? I think it's the lady in white. That, the car. Okay. Uh, I keep forgetting about the lady in white. I mean, how could I with the baby carrier and her? Yeah. yeah and ooh. Yeah. Well, that's a good effect right there. The baby's yeah. splattered head. <laughs> Sorry, folks. But if you're sensitive to baby gore, <laughs> there is one scene that's kind of making yes. you go, oh, ooh. God, I don't want to see a splatter baby. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, but um, you know what? <sighs> it's the end of the season. It's the holiday season. Only one more episode to go this year. I reserve the right every episode. The more we talk and dissect a movie, if I decide to change my mind, <laughs> I'm going to. So for this very special holiday film, I was only going to give Dead End a three out of five because of how light on gore it was, because the fact that the family died in the car accident, except for the daughter, was very obvious throughout. And then people are saying, well, that's not the point. They didn't care about being obvious. They were trying to show you their trip from being alive to the afterlife and them coming to accepting and blah, blah, blah. Why would they still 
make it a realization they show you that ending where she oh she wakes up out of the it's like the old she wakes up and yeah. it's all the dream yeah. you know she wakes up and you know she's alive i don't think they would have done that unless they weren't at least trying to hide it at least in the first third of the movie i felt yeah. like they were trying to hide it. this was a very late 90s early 2000s thing to do was to make it ooh, ooh the sixth the, the sense reveal, yeah. yeah the reveal the urban legend you know wait what <laughs> <laughs> the urban legend movie like the who would the big reveal killer i mean you had that, oh no that but i'm talking about yeah i'm talking about like the sixth sense thing like he was dead the whole time yeah um sorry spoiler alert i'm pretty sure everybody's familiar <laughs> with the sixth sense ending by now sorry. um no i was gonna give it a three but i'm gonna bump it up now to three and a half out of five carrie what about you what do you rate it yeah so just to go forward with this, you know, really, the whole movie is essentially, well, the whole half of the movie is essentially her finding a way out of her coma. Yeah. So, for me, I'm giving it a three and a half. Okay, guys. It just seems to drag on a bit towards the end. Well... You know what that means. You can do that math. That's three and a half out of five flamethrowers for dead end. Um, yeah, this one kind of grew on me. The more I kind of dove into the behind the scenes. It's, it's a deep movie. Yeah. If you really think about it. It, it is. And the performances are very, very well done. Um, I think if there wasn't so much focus, I almost feel like if they would have all came to the realization sooner that they were dead yeah and might have actually made for a better movie because it's like wait a second for the smart horror fan okay yes i realize there's many levels to this movie but if you're going to get the casual horror fan on board with this one i feel like they could have gotten that fact out of the way and maybe even our grim reaper like guy with the hearse could have had a bigger role in this movie yeah because you don't see his face until the very no. end so anyways again very good three and a half out of five I'm... this is a very good film i mean basically whenever he was telling the story that's basically when i figured it out okay so they're dead well wherever you fall with dead end uh, you know is this in your you know top five uh holiday horror list guys um it, it definitely is one to consider as we said it in the beginning of this episode if you're looking for christmas horror you haven't seen this and you're you're just saying okay i've seen all the crazy crazed santa killer movies and i need someone something different that's not a slasher but it's a ho holiday horror dead end check it out it, it's really worth it it's just one of those movies that's like you know, it's a nice change of pace. Uh, now, Carrie, speaking of top fives, does this Lin Shay role land in your top five Lin Shay roles ever? Nope. No, me neither. Me no. neither. So what are your top five Lin Shay roles? So number five, she's the mother in Tales of Halloween in the Grim Grinning Ghost segment. And um, I don't think too many. I still think there's a lot of people out there that don't know about Tales of Halloween. 
usually when people think, okay, 2000s anthology, everybody goes straight to Trick or Treat. Yeah. And rightfully so. It's a great film. It is. Uh, Ghostly Puppers, that's like one of her favorite movies. She went as Sam two Halloweens ago. Yeah. Um, A great movie, but no, The Tales of Halloween. You've got Adrian Barbeau as kind of the radio host of this anthology movie. Um, Really, uh, heck, you even have... um, John Landis is in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but I mean, Lynn Shay's in it. There's some other people I'm not even uh, giving their due. Um, what, what's his name from the Rocky Horror Picture Show is in it, the main guy. Um, damn it, Janet, I love you. Oh, I can never uh... remember his name. Uh, Barry Boswick. Yeah. He, he's in this. Uh, I could go. They even have an ode, a whole segment. The guy from the innkeepers is in this, and it's an yes. ode to how ha- yeah. it's with pumpkins, and it's an ode to Halloween three. Yeah, it's making me want to go back and watch it. This the tales of Halloween, great one, guys. She's in a grim, the grim grinning ghost segment. Definitely check it out. Great cast. Carrie, what about your number four? So number four, Contagion, where she plays Laura Crowley. I did not remember Contagion at all you fell asleep during contagion well that's probably wait a minute is matt damon in yes, that one he's a main focus <laughs> can't help but think of team america <laughs> i actually don't mind matt damon most of the time matt damon <laughs> don't go there well look he's just got a punchable face that's all i love you matt damon but it's How just, about them apples it, a, a don't don't <laughs> <laughs> I was about to bust out the the Matt Damon Boston accent, but I'm not gonna go there. <laughs> gonna watch. I'll watch the Depata just to see Matt Damon shot in the head. <laughs> you like apples? How about them apples? All right, go ahead. What's your number three, Carrie? <laughs> With my masshole accent. <laughs> she plays Magda in There's Something About Mary. That's a wicked good movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna stop now. That's not even my best version. Uh, See, I had, I had my whole mom's side of the family grew up. I in was just Maine, gonna say, so yeah. I can I can pull can out, do that. But the main accent is way different than the the masshole accent. Anyways, wicked good list. All right, ready for number two. Hold on, hold on. Let me put away my Boston Celtics thing here. Okay, go ahead. You ready? Yeah. Okay. Her role in Dumb and Dumber. Oh, uh, that's on my list too. That that. Oh no, that's not on my list. That's not on my list. What? What was she in Dumb and Dumber? I can't remember that. I don't remember her in that at all. Like I remember all the one-liners from uh, our two main guys there. Harry, your hands are freezing. <laughs> Big gulps, huh? All right. Um, I like it. I like your pick a lot. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. She plays Mrs. New Newborn. Dun, 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 dun. We're going to have to go back and see Lynch yeah. again in that because it's just not ringing a bell. Talk about a hell of a cast in that yeah. one, too. So what's your number one? Okay. Don't you, don't carry, don't you dare steal my number one. 
I'm going to give you a lump of coal for Christmas if you steal my number one, Carrie. Don't look at me that way, Carrie. You got a funny look in your eye about your top five Lynch A-list, Carrie. What? No, my number one is Lynch as Mrs. Brown oh, in Detroit Rock You City. did it. You stole my number one. You, you punk bitch. I'm gonna, I'm gonna channel my Gary Busey and Ginger Dead Man. You punk bitch. Um, just you wait till we watch Ginger Dead Man, Carrie. It's right. ridiculous. No, Mrs. Bruce in Detroit yes. Rock City. And that's I, why I said I'm, earlier, I, oh, and that's why you mentioned that too. Uh, yeah, you want to have a cigarette and drink a glass of red wine with Lynn Shea from yeah. Detroit Rock City. Yeah. Uh, great soundtrack to that. That's oh, a great yeah. movie. That's like the spiritual sequel to um, Dazed and Confused or something. Oh, for sure. But, um, um, but I do also have an honorable mention. Okay, I'll let it go just because you've, you know, I did give birth to your kids. I thought you were about to say I did give birth to Lin Jay. <laughs> Some kind of weird time paradox here. <laughs> Traveled across time for you, Lin Jay. <laughs> Just take every role, every female role, and replace it with Lin Jay. Okay. <laughs> Sarah Connor, and then there's just Lindsay <laughs> smoking a cigarette with a glass of wine, and she's just annoyed. And she just slams the door in Terminator's face because she's Lindsay. <laughs> oh my god! Okay, all right. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You didn't. I, I interrupted you. Yeah. Sorry. What's the honorable so mention? My for honorable mention is probably a movie you have not seen. Oh god! But it's a film I was obsessed with as a kid was? growing up. Is this a rom com? Is it, a, is it a romance at all? Oh. Well, then how dare you use past tense? It really means that you're still obsessed with it. But I have yet to been able to see it in years. So That's a shame. <laughs> I cannot find this movie anywhere. Okay. Oh, God. On anywhere. Oh, Not I wonder, wonder what. Oh, what is your honorable mention? The Book of Love. <laughs> I she saw, plays Mrs. Flynn. I saw it on, and, the, and you only know because I keep telling you about this movie. About and it's I a refuse. movie that goes back in time. We're like, they grow up in the fifties, and they stop this movie from ever being made. <laughs> <laughs> great! I want to watch it. Excellent. No, Sounds like an honorable movie. mention to me. <laughs> it's it's all it's very similar to Peggy Sue, except for that really does. <laughs> Dude, did you just say Peggy Sue? Yeah, Peggy Sue got married. You said Piggy. I swear to Christ. I swear to Christ you said Piggy Sue. Mm, Miss Piggy got married. No, Peggy Sue. My Piggy Sue. All right, all right. It's very similar to that. Listen, Except for listen. They don't, they don't you mean that's the one with Kevin time. Bacon? No, wait a minute. What's the one with Peggy Sue? No, what? what's the one with Kevin Bacon mm. and his characters in Plane, Trains, and Automobiles? He races Steve Martin to the cab. It's tied. It, yes. There's a, there's one. Um, That's not she's a having a baby. That's she's, she's having, having a, a baby. Yes. Peggy Sue got married over here. She's having a baby over there. <laughs> but that's not the same thing. All no. right. No, Peggy Sue got married. Do you see how I threw her off, folks? I'm never going to have to watch this movie now. <laughs> no, Nicolas Cage is in Peggy Sue Got Married. Uh, still, I don't care. Oh, no, he he's good in it. Nope, don't care. Yes. 
Very good. I, I have seen it a very, very long time ago when one of my sisters rented it. I know for a fact. I think I made you watch it again. I might have fallen asleep to it or zoned out. But anyways, enough of that because this is not a romance pod <laughs> at all. <laughs> Forget how many times throughout Mystic season pizza. one. Yes, that I have <laughs> quoted or referred to Mystic Pizza. Mystic Pizza is mm-hmm. the glue that holds all horror movie characters together (laughs) so anyways listen no other horror pod out there folks is going to tie everything in to mystic pizza mystic pizza is like the soul stone on the infinity gauntlet we also talked about the movie with julia roberts in this episode the new one the new one oh my god see look it all goes back to mystic pizza oh my god it's happening mr stark i don't feel so good (laughs) snaps his fingers and he ends up in mystic pizza anyways listen are we gonna get on with yes. my top five on shayless now that go you ahead, took this ahead. into a romantic genre which i do not approve of number five lynn shay roll for me no dead end is not it's not my top five lynn shay roll although that is cool that jake thinks so anyways the landlady the landlady and kingpin blah 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 blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> that's all i'm gonna do and every time i see that and i see woody harrelson wince i want to puke right along with him mm-hmm. number four uh the very overcooked magna <laughs> Ma- not magna as in magna carta magda yeah and duh and there's something about mary number three as elise rainier in about i don't know five insidious movies now although the first one she's in insidious is my favorite and i know she gets more and more screen time in like part two and three or something anyways she's really good in that movie she's like the 21st century version of the little lady from poltergeist in that role just not as quirky but it works he's also in 16 candles (sighs) don't go there carrie i'm not in the mood for john hughes (laughs) hey listen lynn shay you cannot talk about her and horror without mentioning her character Sally in Critters 1, and then they shorten it to just Sal in Critters 2. Reoccurring character in horror for Lin Shea. That's a big deal. Everybody say, hey, she's got a reoccurring character now in Insidious. Well, she had that already in Critters. Number one, you stole it. I'm just going to repeat it. Miss Bruce in Detroit Rock City. And, guys, Lin Shea horror history. Remember, honorable mention to her role as the teacher when Nancy is starting to fall asleep in class in A Nightmare on Elm Street. And she was back again, thanks to Wes Craven, as a nurse with the pills in the very, 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 very first Wes Craven meta movie that came up before the meta scream, A New Nightmare. Guys, now it's time to close out episode 44 with some dark and chilly poetry we haven't done poetry on our pod in a very long time so i will do this poetry this week harry you kick back and relax uh i won't have you read like 20 pages like we did earlier in this season we had to we picked this poem i don't even remember people who ever listen they're like oh god they're still reading this poem three episodes later Things were done. Lessons were learned. <laughs> okay. So, hey, listen. This one. Okay. This is by uh, Mr. Aaron Hansen. Sorry, Aaron, if you're a girl. <laughs> Stop it, Carrie. 
I do not mean to scare you, but there's winter in my bones. And when life becomes too heavy, you can hear my glaciers groan. Sometimes I don't go out because my heart has been snowed in. And it doesn't take too much for avalanches to begin. But do not get me wrong, there's beauty in the endless white. The ice along my lashes helps reflect back all the light. And it's easy to find magic skating on the frozen lakes or in sticking out your tongue to catch the softly falling flakes. The forest floor is freezing, but the trees are wearing coats, and I've seen the whistling wind wearing a scarf around its throat. So do not waste your worry on all my blizzards and my storms. I've got my own internal flame that always keeps me nice and warm. So that one was more warm. It wasn't really chilly or scary. Yep. Uh, you can find that one on the Poet... Poet I poeticunderground.com Eric Hansen, thank you now this next one is called Yule Horror by H.P. Lovecraft there is snow on the ground and the valleys are cold and a midnight profound blackly squats over the wold but a light on the hilltops half seen hints of feastings unhallowed and old there is death in the clouds. There is fear in the night. For the dead in their shrouds hail the sins turn flight. And chant wild in the woods as they dance round a yule altar, fungus and white. To no gale of earth's kind sways the forest of oak, where the sick bows entwined by mad mistletoes choke. For these powers are the powers of the dark from the graves of the lost druid folk. That's, that's more, it, guys. That's more you. That one, last one's more yeah. me. Why? Because it's darker? Yeah. It's more ancient and dark and mysterious. <laughs> the first one was nice. It was nice. The it's winter, holiday. The second one reminds me of something like Connell Cochran would say. It's ancient. It's like pagan. Yeah. It's dark. Cosmic. Love you guys. That does it for Dead End, episode 44. Carrie, next week, it's our, our last, last episode. One. Guys, hope you guys are having a, a good December. Have a good holiday. Yep. And uh, next time you hear us, it's just going to be a few days before Xmas. So yeah. love you guys. Take it easy.